Welcome to episode 90 of the True to You podcast. It's great to be back here with you and bringing you this fresh new episode. Yes, we are back. We had an unexpected break as some of you may have seen on my Instagram stories in the last week. There was some personal things that happened which meant that I had to dedicate time to those people in my life that were unexpectedly stuck in Australia for longer than we thought, but things are changing and I now have a bunch of episodes lined up to share with you over the coming weeks. So my guest for episode 90 is the beautiful Kate Kohler. She was a special request from many of the listeners out there. She is a stylist and a personal brand strategist, and she translates the essence of who you truly are and guides you to create an authentic and powerful personal brand. Her expertise in styling and powerful eye for identifying personal strengths makes her the go-to for creating this recognizable personal brand that everybody wants. From everyday styling to styling key pieces for a last-minute vacation or your honeymoon, she's looked after everyone from football stars to radio personalities to the mother of the bride. Her multifaceted aesthetic creates an allure of romance, luxury, and wanderlust. In this conversation, you'll hear about Kate's journey from her childhood days, and this part is going to really surprise you when you hear what she says about this, to the early days of her business. And what I really admire about Kate is that she is extremely honest. She's very upfront about what it took to get her start as a stylist. And she wants every woman who is in the early days of her business to know what it's like to be both inspired by her journey, but also be very realistic as well. And she was lucky to have a lot of support around her because as we know, the fashion industry can be quite cutthroat. And so she really had to knuckle down and and build her business and put in the hours and I really think that you're going to love hearing her talk about that experience. We go on to discuss Kate's approach to styling, how she's able to make anyone feel amazing and I've been lucky to be styled once before by Kate and it was a beautiful experience and finally we dive into some great tips for small business owners who want their outward appearance so what they're wearing to match their brand so bringing that all together and then if you're looking to do any photo shoots for your brand and your business this last part of the podcast is really going to help you. She gives some great tips in this section as well. I'm so excited to be back with these fresh, fun, interesting conversations with women. We're going all around the world again over the next few weeks, and I can't wait for you to feel inspired today by Kate's story.
Welcome to the True to You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful and creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you truly love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome to the True to You podcast, Kate. It's amazing to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yes, yes. Kate is a busy woman uh, strutting around, styling people all day, every day. And, you know, I think for a lot of us growing up, if we're a bit of a girly girl, like that would seem like a really fun career, playing playing dress-ups as an adult, I guess you could say. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So the first question I want to ask you, Kate, is a little personal curiosity. Were you one of those girly girls? Was this whole world of fashion and styling that you're so immersed in now and personal branding? Yeah. Were you, you were the type of kid that grew up going, that's exactly what I'm going to be. And that's my dream. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your story. No, no. No, uh, as a girl, I was such a tomboy, such a tomboy. And um, to be honest, like I still am, my style is, um, you know, it might be quite tailored and elegant, but myself, like I still love kicking a footy and, um, you know, like doing all the things I did with my brother and sister growing up. But I did have heavy influence from my mum and grandmother uh, to enjoy what fashion could give you and it wasn't just about putting on a dress and you know that's it there was so much more to it and I think growing up uh just being around that really kind of pushed me in the direction of more so to be independent and confident as you are exactly the way you are more than anything um it wasn't about yeah put on this dress and you'll feel like a you know super you know girly girl or put on these shorts and you'll feel like a boy it was just you do you and I was very encouraged to do that from a very young age so no very much tomboy um but loved fashion you know I love dress ups and, and doing all of that but I could say that yeah very much a tomboy uh, for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> uh well you're definitely all class like whenever I see Kate um walking around our local Westfield here where we live in Newcastle. She is always this immaculate picture put together. Um, Yeah, you always look amazing. And she's now newly engaged as well, my friends. So that wedding is going to be something out of like Vogue magazine. I can, I can tell she's already styled her best friend's wedding and now like her, her own wedding. So it's going to go next level. Um, so I'm very excited about that one. If you follow Kate, she's probably going to drop little bits and pieces in over the next few months. Now, so you're a bit of a tomboy, but you liked the odd little dress up and then, you know, you kind of get 
get through high school and then how did you how did you land this gig styling people like it's one of those things that I know I know you can go and study it like that that's a possibility now Mm -hmm. which is really cool at fashion school and I've had friends that study it but from what I understand in our conversations it was something that you kind of fell into a little bit and that one Mm. one thing led to another and then you really decided to double down and and pursue this let's let's rewind a little bit because I know there's a lot of people that think oh this would be such a cool career but how do you even how do you even become a stylist how what was your journey to get to where you are today I think you really do have to have such a strong sense of your own style first and foremost and um, not be influenced by what's happening around you, whether it be trends, what your friends are wearing, things like that. And I've always been like that. I remember going out at 18 and I would be in a dress that would come down, you know, just below my knee and I'd have stilettos on and my girlfriends would be in short dresses that were, you know, super tight and um, heels that they couldn't walk in. I was like, well, that's just impractical. So I've always had a really strong sense of what my own style was and what makes me happy. But uh, to be honest, my first real full-time role was wedding planning. So to have that in the backbone, I really enjoyed talking to brides about what they wanted to achieve from their wedding, what they wanted, you know, what they wanted it to look like. Uh, And then I just took it upon myself to take that role a little bit further. And I'd love to know what they were wearing, what the bridesmaids were wearing, what the groom was wearing, you know, all of that, because it really showed me what they were like and what their personality was like. So that really started it. And I thought, oh, you know, that could be fun, like maybe styling a bride here and there. And then I kind of put that in the back of my mind. And then in the background, I would always take friends shopping, whether they were my friends, my mum's friends, uh, whether it was for a special event, they needed help going through their wardrobe, that sort of thing. And over time, it was mum who said, I really think you should go after this. And I was just like, oh, at the time, I think it was about 20. And I went, this is not a career. Uh, There are only celebrity stylists in the world. Like I want to help everyday women, not necessarily uh, celebrities. Um, Mind you, if Beyonce is listening and she would like me to help her, of course, I'll say yes. Um, But that's totally different. I want to help the everyday woman. So, uh, yeah, so from there... I then uh, worked in a beautiful uh, like furniture homeware store and that really taught me more so um, like the visual merchandising side of things. There are so many facets to personal styling and part of my job and especially here at Westfield is that we do the displays in the cabinets. So it really um, taught my my sense of, you know, colour and, you know, what fabrics should go together, what patterns look great together, um, you know, all of those things because, in a a cabinet, you're not styling a personality, you're just styling product. So it doesn't matter. So that was another facet as well. And I really enjoyed that. But in the background, my own little business was starting to grow. Um, You know, I remember ordering my $65 worth of Vistaprint business cards because I had no, I had no money. I did not save this. This was not part of the plan. Um, So yeah, so that was all kind of, you know, happening in the background. And as that grew, it got to a point where I had to decide whether I wanted to chase that dream or keep my full-time job and just plot along and only offer times that suited me, but that didn't suit majority of my small clientele at the time. Mm. So I really had to make that decision and decide what I wanted to do. And I decided to chase it. 
And it was so scary because I was broke for a very long time. And um, my beautiful fiance, Reese, I love saying that, um, you know, we were dating at that time and he was so supportive financially. So I can't thank him enough because it really, it really pushed me to keep going. And to be honest, if I didn't have him, I don't know if I would have persisted, um, but I needed someone in my corner saying, you can do this. It's going to be the best thing. It's so you. And it did. And it grew over time. So then it got to a point where I had heard that Westfield needed a resident stylist. And by this time, I think I had my business for nearly two years. So I just contacted them and said, is there any chance you need a stylist? And they went, can you come in tomorrow and we'll have an interview? So just pure cold call. um, And then they gave me a trial styling session. And I knew the client would have to be someone pretty important. She is now one of my regulars. And, um, yeah, she actually worked for uh, Westfield and I now style her husband. Um, It's this really beautiful journey that, you know, she's kind of my original. And, uh, yeah, we hit it off. So, obviously, then I I got the job and this is my sixth year working for Westfield and I just love it. So it's, uh, it's been quite a process. But I did not go and take... Uh, you know, I didn't take classes. I didn't learn how to become a stylist. A lot of it was, you know, just on the go and I would educate myself else, elsewhere. So it, um, it just grew over time and I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh, I'm so glad you told that story, Kate, because I can think of a thousand things that, that you said in that short space of time that are going to really support anyone that wherever they're at in their journey, but particularly if they're at the beginning of something or they've got an idea, maybe, maybe they're in corporate and, you know, this was my experience. And then obviously I had the, the bridge of retail, but then thinking I've got this idea, I've got this thing I really want to do. And something that I love, you know, financial aside, I know that's a real, that's a reality for a lot of people. And that's something that, that can stop you. I always believe though, you'll find a way financially, you would, money will be there. And I think what was great though, is that you had real resilience and real grit. And maybe that was something you were brought up with maybe playing a lot of like team sport and things like that you kind of have to just pick yourself up and keep going yeah to the end of the game but I think you didn't stop you didn't just say uh I've got this financial hurdle I can't do this or I've got you know there would have been a lot of obstacles along the way I'm sure whether it be your own internal confidence and feeling have I got this or external things is there anything you want to share on that in terms of your resilience and and kind of overcoming those those beliefs that that might have stopped you to my core I've always wanted to help women in particular feel good and the job that I was in was not fulfilling that So I knew deep down, I knew at my core that's exactly what I wanted to do and I knew that once I got there, then I'd I'd be set. So I just thought I've always believed that you should be living fully and if you're not doing that, you're wasting time. You know, we're not not here for hundreds of years. Um, Some of us, you know, might only have 50 years. Some of us, you know, it depends for everyone, but your time here has to be, important and you have to take life by the reins and just kind of run with 
it. And if you fail, it's fine. You'll find another way, exactly what you said. Um, it's okay that by the 20th, you would have learned so much in the process that your character builds. You know, there's so much personal growth with failure. And that's what business owners need to realise is that not everything is easy. And if it was, everyone else would do it. So fail 20 times and get there once. And it's just the best feeling because you are so prepared for that success when it comes. But you also have to acknowledge that. I think as business owners, you get to a certain step and you go, great, I'm here. Next. What's next? And I was having this conversation with a fellow uh, female business owner yesterday. And that was a really good reminder to her because she kind of had forgotten how far she had come. So I'm a huge supporter of women really recognizing their success as small as those wins may be. You have to do that along the way because, you know, I think we forget how hard it was in the start and, you know, and that and that's so important. That's a huge part of personal growth and your business development that um, you kind of have to overcome in order to be a good leader, a good um, CEO, you know, a good uh, teammate. Like it's just, it's, it's all so important. Mm, mm. Yeah, and I think what... What's beautiful about that is that when you look back and you realize, okay, the depth, there's the depth in terms of your why, but often what the catalyst is for, for pursuing that is just the seed of an idea and that you, you had a deep why, but you also just went, I think it's going to be in styling. So you didn't know the whole, how it was all going to work out exactly, but you had, you trusted that idea enough to say, okay, what's the next step? What's the next step? And, and keeping on going whilst continuing to remember what, what your why was. So it's always that balance when we look back and we go, wow, that was just one small idea that I had. And I took an action and look how far it's come. It doesn't have to be a fully formed plan or business at the beginning. No, and I think I've never had a fully formed plan. <laughs> I love um, I love opportunities and I'm a huge believer in science from the universe and, and all of yeah. that, but you have to make that decision to either jump or take a step back and sometimes taking a step back is just as important as jumping and I think not having, a, I've never had a five-year business plan ever. Wow. I have goals. I have goals and I go, if I can reach that, then that's great. And then this might be my next goal, but I kind of like life throwing me opportunities. And at that time in my life, if it suits me and the closest, you know, people around me, then I'll take it. But when I take it, it's 120%. It's not, oh, I might might just give it a go. Um, But look, if it goes wrong, then it'll be really detrimental. No, if it doesn't work, move on to the next goal. So, yeah, I've never had a fully formed plan and I, I like that because I'm not a logical thinker. I've never been a logical thinker where Reese is. So we are polar opposites in our own businesses and it's okay because that's the type of individuals we are. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I guess it's nice. I don't know if you talk about your, your businesses together, but that would create a nice balance and a nice synergy because he brings that energy whereas you bring that energy equally as as your in terms of your partnership as well yeah we do all the time and he grounds me uh, all the time and I will inspire him to think yeah. bigger 
So we work very well. That's very much our couple dynamic as well as it is within our own businesses. So it does work really well. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so we've talked a little about your business journey. I want to go Mm. into the fashion and the styling and talk a little bit about what it takes to be able to style women and some of the obstacles that that women face when it comes to fashion, especially, you know, as we are living right now and, you know, there's so much media around us in terms of what, you know, what we can aspire to be and all of these things. We're constantly seeing other images of other women or men in our face. And so I think a lot of your work is, is also understanding that person. Before we dive into that though, I'm really interested to know you talked before about doing a lot of like like kind of most of what you've done has been on the job learning but then you've done little bits and pieces Mm -hmm. outside of that maybe there's bits of research and things like that and I think what's always interesting you were saying that you have to be really clear on your sense of style was there one time in history in terms of fashion? And I think fashion is so fascinating, isn't it? And we're in a really mm. interesting time right now with so much fast fashion and high turnover. But when you were thinking about really grounding in your own sense of style, was there a time in history that you look at and you go, oh, the women of that time, they just, they had it. It was, yeah. Yeah, there's um the first book I ever bought, I think I was about 13. I just, I hated reading as a kid. And the first book I bought, I remember was $100. It was a hardback and it's called The Golden Age of um, Dior. And oh. this is a period from ni- 1947 to 1957. So it was post-war and all of these designers suddenly opened up their fashion houses again and were able to, um, you know, start creating Again, so uh, going through that period, they really took a leap on how far they could almost push fashion at that time and also change the male way of thinking of how a female should dress. So it was really exciting to see all these different shapes and silhouettes that almost gave a masculine feel to the female wardrobe as opposed to the silhouettes they saw pre-war. So women, you know, they during the war they they couldn't wear all of these you know beautiful gowns and and dresses it just wasn't the thing and no one had money to do this so after the war when this uh yeah this golden age kind of emerged I just fell in love and they are I look at these women and in this book there are designers you know from all over the world but the women you know wearing these garments you just see them on the street and they just look so elegant and classic and I would just love to live a day in their shoes to see what the rest of their life was like but it just changed the male way of thinking which I've always been the biggest fan of um and you know thinking about this earlier I then thought well, my, my second period is actually right now because the world has never been so accepting of you do you and that is okay. It's always been this is on trend, you should wear that. This is on trend, you should wear that. And it was always um, there was an age barrier, a shape barrier, a colour barrier, and now they, like, everyone's just breaking ceilings in terms of what we can wear and that's what I'm a huge believer on so the fact the fact that I'm part of that and inspiring women to just be okay being exactly the way they are 
is the most rewarding thing. Um, I couldn't care if they wanted to wear hot pink. I couldn't care if they wanted to wear a dress full of colour that is just so not me. If that's them, then that's my job. So to be part of that I think is really special because it's a movement that supports the individual and doesn't target one particular age bracket or um, colour or um, lifestyle. It's really you do you and, and it's okay. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's a, a real reflection of the cultural narrative, isn't it? Of yeah. what's going and, and fashion has always been that. It's like art, it's often reflecting what's going on. But what you're saying is that it's 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 blowing open the possibilities for people and of really carving their own sense of style as well. And yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting. You look at different cities around the world. I remember being in New York um, about two years ago and people were just wearing whatever they wanted. And I went, this is just so opposite of what Australia does. You know, Australia quite safe in their own style. There are different pockets certainly within the country that um, people wear whatever they like. But, you know, you then go to the Mediterranean and women of all sizes are out on the beach in their bikinis. And it's like why can't why can't we do that? So the fact that that is now being really pushed, and you know, you can be who you want wherever you are in the world, is really exciting because it does open so many doors and hopefully really um, stops this way of thinking that you know I have to look like that or I have to dress like her or maybe I'm not trying hard enough. Maybe I'm trying too hard. Um, it, it really stops all of that. So it is, it's exciting. Oh, that's really cool. I, you know, I, I think what I love about podcasting is that I get these creative women on that are in these different, different aspects of, of the creative arts. And, and you really articulated that so well, it's not even something that I probably would have thought about, but I think is such an exciting possibility and I'm such an optimist. So I love when mm-hmm. people bring opportunities like that to, to the table and say, hey, you know that this is what's possible right now when it comes to cultivating your own sense of style. And I think that really leads me on to my next question. I've had the pleasure of being styled by Kate once for, for an event, which was super cool. She if you get to hang out with Kate in person, she's exactly as she sounds on this interview. She is beautiful <laughs> and smiley. And I think, you know, having had that experience, what I really understood about your you and the way you approach your work is that you're very kind. You want to invite any woman into what you do and to engage with your work. So you're like you say, you're not just styling celebrities. You're not just styling corporate, you know, Kate's worked Mm -hmm. with a lot of different people, which is, is super cool. And as, as you kind of bring the different types of people together with this possibility around their cultivating their own style right now, I think that's super interesting in itself as well. And we can, we could go off on that tangent too, but I think, yeah, what I love is that you really help people become more confident in their own style and you, through that, women get to change their internal perception of themselves as well. And I think that's really the beautiful thing about fashion is that it can 
reflect the confidence in what's going on inside. So I'm interested to know, you know, you, you said your why is very much grounded in that desire to help women and to help women find their sense of style. Was that something that came really naturally to you when you started having these styling conversations with people? Was it a piece of cake? Was it easy? Or, you know, and what, what types of tools do you have in your toolkit, I guess, to help people uh, find their confidence and embrace their sense of style? I think, uh, I think it was really natural because to me it made sense that mm. every woman should feel her most authentic self whether you have a business or not that's not the point and to be honest fashion is actually the bonus so what I do is make you feel comfortable in the uncomfortable and I'm not saying okay you're a size 14 let's put on a size pair you know size 10 pair of jeans that's not what I mean I need to push you out of your comfort zone so that you realize what you can wear and how you can feel so it just means that if I'm not with you and you go shopping on your own, you feel confident as to what to pick up and try on, but also know that it's okay if it doesn't work and you just move on and, and you try on, you know, something else. Mm. So I really wanted to give women the tools to be able to say, okay, this is what makes me feel good, that I'm not even going to bother with. And they can make a really smart purchasing decision because we are living in a world full of fast fashion and that, to be honest, scares me because I know that so many clients now have really got this conscious way of spending. So I need to educate them how to spend their money smarter. And I do, I want them to walk away going, okay, I have a clear sense of style, but I also really feel confident about who I am at my core and how to dress for that. So, you know, that could mean whether you are in corporate, whether you are a mother um, with three little ones or under the age of five, so your lifestyle is just so busy, uh, whether you have just recently had a breakup, whether you are starting a new job, there are so many things that fashion can do for you and, you know, the ways that it can make you feel. And once I can show someone that, they then, they then get it. It just clicks. So I think it, that has always come naturally because I think that that should be normal and that's what I get out of fashion. So if I can give just a part of that, just a piece of that joy to the next person, she will also inspire the person after her because she'll walk into the room into something, you know, wearing something that she might not have um, had the confidence to once before. And, and I'm looking and go, oh, my God, Ruby, like, you just look great and I love your heels. Oh, okay, I'm always in my flats. You know what, tomorrow I'm going to wear my heels because as materialistic as my world is, it brings so much joy to women because it should be easy. One, it should be easy and it should be effortless. So if you can learn how to do that, then you're just going to experience so much joy and there will be so much joy around you in terms of it affecting others. Because once you're happy, the rest of your little world is then happy. Um, so I think my little tools are the, the style tips and tricks they will learn in their, their styling session. And, and it's really made easy, like, to be quite honest. There's not this 18-page guide on, you know, how to dress for your shape. It shouldn't be that hard. So as long as they can walk away knowing that, um, yeah, they can be exactly who they are, 
They don't have to go on this ridiculous diet to achieve a certain look. Um, you know, they can wear that beautiful, bold colour they've always been maybe slightly afraid of and, and do it with extreme confidence and that's my job. That's Then it's done. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I love what you said there around we don't have to give someone an eight, I mean, two things with that. We don't have to give someone a big guide to say this is how your sense of style is. The value, like you said, for in your work is in those little tips that people get so that mm. they, and that helps the, um, I guess, the life of a garment as well, right? If you know mm. that you can wear this in multiple ways or you can mix and match. But I think as well, that's also realizing that if, if it's going to take that much to find someone's sense of style, their confidence is going to be lost pretty quickly. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah. And it's, um, you know, there are clients that turn up and go, Kate, I'm just the hardest person to shop for. Good luck. It happened <laughs> yesterday. Um, the, you know, any uh, styling session, uh, the client receives a, a questionnaire and that just asks for certain things that really preps me before they get to me. So we don't just wander aimlessly during any styling session. We're shopping with purpose. So it means that there's a lot of prep before the client actually gets to me. And that was one of her answers. She said, Kate, I just I just want to feel good. I'm a mum. I'm busy, but I've got a new job and uh, I just find shopping really hard. So good luck. And it's not, it's not like she was any extreme size or, um, you know, anything like that. But to her, she was a hard basket. So it's my job to go, no, you're not. And this is how easy it is. You don't have to, you know, blow it out of the park and say, oh, my God, you're right. You've just got the broader shoulders and I don't know what to do with that. Um, you know, you just want to make it really easy and accessible for them because there is so many choices within fashion. That's why women get overwhelmed. They get anxiety. They just walk out of the store. They impulsively buy. They settle on something. They buy all these things that don't give them joy. And if they can come into a styling session open-minded, they are going to get so much from it. And to be honest, half the conversation is fashion and half of it is just getting to know each other. Mm. So you really are just shopping with a friend who knows what she's doing. And I can't stress that any further. I know there are a lot of stylists out there, but that is, that's at my core. I just want you to enjoy our time together. And the fashion is almost the bonus. So it's, uh, it's very important that clients do come open-minded to get the full experience. Yeah, I think that's, that's so great. And when they do meet with you, like you say, all of that work that you've done in, in the background gives them confidence that you know yeah. exactly where to go and this is going to be as painless as possible if that's a common thing that people are concerned about. And so I think that's really, really great is that that you see the value in, in people's time and by coming prepared and, and really giving them that full experience in the moment as well. So that yeah. when you're there with them, you're there and you're present and watching them and commenting and yeah. Yeah, it is so important. And I think women, you know, they do, they don't put themselves first, especially as a mother, you never put yourself first. So when you get to me, it is all about you. And at some point, sometimes it's overwhelming for the client because she goes, oh my God, you want to spend all this time with me? And really, like you're going to wait outside the change room as I get changed for two hours? Yes, that's my job. And I love it. And I'm your, I'm going to be the biggest supporter on the day. So 
it is really important that a lot of prep goes into it because I don't need to waste their time. They can do that on their own. When they get to me, I need to know what the best options are based on what they need so that we can just go from store to store and it works and it's effortless. And that also educates them as to where they should be shopping as well. So there is a lot of prep, but it's worth it. And I think they then understand that uh, I'm a huge comparative shopper and it's, you know, it's, based on value for money. It's not, this is on trend and it's $400. You should just get it. I couldn't care if it was $40. If it was your black jacket, then it's going to be your black jacket and nothing else beats it. So they know they are buying with confidence, knowing that nothing else could beat it. That's the confidence they need to have, whether they're with me or or not. So once Mm. they leave their styling, that's how I want them to shop is with that, with that feeling of going, you know what, this is perfect. This is mine. And I can't imagine not having it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love how well you understand. This is something that I'm, I love how well you understand your clients and their needs. And this is something that I think any of the business owners listening Kate's Kate's obviously lucky because she's in a lot of conversations with with the women that she works with and and the men too. I know you've styled men. And so really, really listening to what are some of the core things that my women come up against when they're going into a styling session. And like you say, whether you address those things up front or whether you address them actually in the session, but that's what they're going to be going into it, hoping that they're going to walk away feeling. And so if you know that, you can really do the work to to help them get them there. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of it is, um, to be honest, just ripping off the Band-Aid for them. They know the truth. They already know it. And whilst they haven't said anything to me, I can see it. I can see it churning away while we're having coffee. And I go, okay, so you you hate that because your boobs are big. And she goes, oh. Uh, yes, 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 they are. You know, so you need to address those things quickly because I haven't got four hours to do small talk. We just got to get in and, you know, and get it done. But you have to do it in a really safe space as well. So um, there are some clients where we can rip off the Band-Aid really fast mm. and you have to do it a little bit slowly as they then trust you. That's the biggest thing. They have to be able to trust me. You go, you know what, what, comes out of Kate's mouth is meant with love and she's going to be my biggest supporter today and I'm going to listen to her because she really wants me to feel my best self regardless if I make purchases today or not yeah yeah okay so I want to I want to be able to support the small business owners listening to this Mm -hmm. with some of your your styling advice and I think a lot of business owners these days, we're not, whilst we might be behind a computer a lot and doing a lot of work from behind the computer, there's a lot of opportunities now to showcase who we are. And if we are the, especially because I work with service providers, often we are the face behind the service. And so there's been a lot of conversation. I think it was a very much a trending topic, personal brand and understanding mm-hmm. that what that is. I know you do, you do personal branding as well as an element. And that's probably a lot deeper than just a one-off style session so if someone's wanting to really understand what their style is they're at that point where they know they need to put their face in front of a camera more or they know they are going to be 
doing opportunities like speaking gigs or workshops where they want to take their brand off the screen and into, you know, in front of people, whether it be in photographs or yeah, the events, things like that. So if someone's starting to think, well, what, what, what is my personal brand? You know, I'm just hanging out in yoga pants and, <laughs> and when I'm not seeing clients, you know, what, what are you, what would you have people ask themselves? What's a couple of great questions people can ask themselves to unpack their personal brand? I first and foremost is uh, stay true to you. Essentially, you cannot show up uh, trying to dress like someone else. You can't show up thinking that you should have worn the heels when, you know, uh, flats are really comfortable. You know, you have to show up being your true self. So for me, I every day dress going, okay, what's going to make me feel good? The client actually comes second. So if I feel good, then I don't question any anything about myself because I'm going in, you know, full of knowledge in, in my um in my career and that doesn't stop me. So whatever's on my back, if that just, you know, uh, gives me that really great sense of confidence, then everything everything else is easy. And I do this with my personal branding clients. I go, okay, if you have to get up in front of a room full of people, what's going to make you feel good? Do you feel better in black? Do you feel stronger? Do you feel powerful? Do you want to be in, you know, a bold pop of colour and really be impressionable as the woman in that gorgeous floral dress? What kind of impression do you want to make on the people in the room? So no matter what I put on my back, I want to walk into the room knowing that I'm the most confident person there because even if I have to fake it till I make it, they don't know that and I'm not going to tell them that. So you have to dress to you. Don't look at influencers or maybe, uh, you know, people in similar fields to you and go, oh, I like that and, you know, and she makes that work. I'll try and do that. No, do you have to do you because your brand is so much more relatable once your clientele work out what kind of person you are. And I actually had a lady comment on my Instagram a few weeks ago and said, okay, I'd really love to see you do this with, um, you know, really cheap brands. And to me, my wardrobe's made up of, you know, beautiful like witchery pieces or country road, a bit of chic, um, you know, Whitner shoes, things like that. So I'm really the middle ground of my own style. And I thought about it for two seconds. Mm. I went, oh, hang on a second, should I be like doing an all big W outfit? And I went, hang on, that's not me. And I just had to acknowledge the fact that, you know, that's not me and that's okay. There are other women for that. And they are the women you should be following if that's what you're interested because the people in my court love what I do and that's why I'm successful. So don't ever stray off your path because if you stay true to your path and really dress for success, that's so corny. But if you do and you're doing that your truest self, then you can't get it wrong. But all I can say is if you are really unsure go and see a stylist and whether you've got ideas on what you really like, tell them. If you're really unsure, tell them that as well because they should be showing you what can make you feel good and then you pull apart what you really love and you start creating this really strong sense of style and suddenly you work out you might be really tailored, you might be really boho, you might be all black because I know women of like all all of those fields and and they make it work. So you just have to stay true to yourself for it to be successful. 
Yeah. And I think an extension of that is when you're thinking about how you come across, and this is a little bit of my yoga background coming through as well, you transmit that energy to other people. So if you're really comfortable and what, and you see this in women that do mm. have a great sense of style and have really cultivated that over time. That's what I see in you, Kate, is that you're very comfortable. You know, you've, you've practiced this. You've really gone, what do I love? What's, what's true to me? And you, you're consistent with it so that mm. you're, you're, what you're wearing and your energy transmits to that other person in a really great, confident way. And I think it's kind of, it, energy is definitely one of those unseen things, but it can really be felt through fashion, can't it? Yes, it yeah. can be so powerful. And there's nothing, I love nothing more than um, hosting a fashion show here in Centre Court at Westfield because whatever I'm wearing, I know is just going to be so far out of the majority of women watching, um, you know, their, their comfort zones. What I want it to do is push them further so the next time they decide, okay, I'm just going to buy another black top, I might have been wearing a white top. And they go, you know what, I'm going to give that a go. So if you do have a strong sense of style, what you should be doing is actually inspiring others to try harder mm. and not try harder as in you should dress, um, you know, you should be more dressy or anything like that, but try harder in terms of being true to you because you're so right, that energy is just it transcends and it really, um, it touches people because they want to have that joy. They want to, I want that too. Well, like, why does she always feel good? Why does she always just look so effortless? Why she makes it easy, but she's so dressed up. But it's not the fact that I'm so dressed up. It's the fact that I just feel good in what I'm in. And that's the feeling. Shopping is based on a feeling. Fashion is based on a feeling. And if you can find that, it means that every purchase you make you love 120%. That's my golden rule in any styling session. You should absolutely love it and be so excited to wear it once you get it home. So if you're shopping on that feeling, you can't get it wrong. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to add just one little point in here because I think this yeah. ties this up nicely. The first ever podcast episode I did, it was a solo one and it was titled Taking Up Space, like how to take mm -hmm. up more space. And, you know, women do have this fear of standing out. And I think we need to, as much as we can, do the work to be okay with being a presence in a room. Yes. And it doesn't mean that you're overshadowing everyone or that, oh, look at her. She thinks she's really great in her bold outfit. But we actually feel that, and especially if you're leading a business or if you are dealing with clients and customers, if, if we feel like we've got a strong presence in the room, we can trust you more as well. So what I would just add on to that is your fashion can also help you take up more space and have a great presence in a space mm -hmm. and don't be afraid of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, just let it um, let it fill the room. Yeah, your, your energy will fill the room, and it will just um, it'll be the best thing, and that will actually become your norm. You won't just dress for speaking in front of a group; you will dress for every day, and that will just fill every room that you walk into because people understand that. Oh, okay, 
yeah, she's um, she's confident in herself. So whatever comes out of her mouth, I'm going to trust. Yes. It's, it's a very powerful thing and it's really subtle. Yeah. As, um, as bold or as bright as, you know, fashion can be, it's actually a really subtle way of um, having the most strongest sense of self. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Final question I want to ask you because... I think this is this is tied to the personal branding and extension of that is nowadays we've got opportunities to show our face on social media on our websites like all of these places we're encouraged to put put our, ourselves there and so you know a lot of my clients through their business journey at some stage they're going to go and do a photo shoot and mm. I love photo shoots. It's like dress ups for me. And yeah. I, you know, I love planning the outfits and I really get into, I get into the whole mood because, you know, you don't do it very often. No. And these photos are, are ones you hope you're going to use for months and months afterwards. So I think if there's some small business owners that feel like they're, they've got a bit of a hold on their, on their personal brand or, or they're thinking, okay, I, I know kind of what my style is oh gosh, now I've got to go and do a photo shoot. What's a couple of great things you would remind people to really have fun with that photo shoot, get into it and have it be an experience that represents your brand really well? Do you know, when I, obviously part of my job, I get to do fashion shoots and, you know, things like that. So I'm in front of the camera quite often, but I tell you what, at the start, I was just so awkward and I didn't know how to pose. I didn't know if I was showing too much teeth and um, as silly as it was, I actually had to practice in front of the mirror and I would go, okay, this is my professional Kate and, you know, we're selling a style session. Okay. No, this is Kate. She's just street style it's much more relaxed so I have different versions of myself for different photo shoots but essentially I work with really great creatives Mm -hmm. so you're I mean first and foremost you should have a great photographer that you trust because I couldn't live without mine and she knows this um we hit it off very quickly and you've got to do that. You've just got to bond really quickly uh, because it just means that they can also help you and kind of go, okay, that's not really working. How about we try this and give you really good encouragement. What they shouldn't be doing is telling you exactly what to do because that just makes you feel really Mm. awkward. It doesn't feel like you, then you've paid all this money and it just, it doesn't transcend you. So work with creatives that make you feel really good. So photographer is key and make sure that their style of photography is very on brand with your brand because you could have really beautiful muted tones or um, you might be black and white, whatever it is. And if they are um, very poppy, modern, or it's retro and it's just not you, then that's not going to help either. So find a really great photographer. If it's going to help you, go and get your hair and makeup done. And it doesn't have to be full glam or anything like that, but just enough to make you feel really confident and go, okay, my hair looks great. That can't go wrong. My makeup looks great. I don't have to worry about that. And then you can just relax and just take the biggest breath and just know that you are trying to communicate with people behind the lens. So it's not actually about you. You are trying to convey your personality through a photo and in mine, a lot of the time, it's just this ridiculous laugh and you can't actually see my eyes and, you know, all of these things. And it's so fine because that's what I'm like in person. So I want people to know that 
who they see in the photos is who they're going to meet in person. There's no point having two different Kates because they'd just be confused by the time they turned up for their styling session. So just know that the people that they see in the photo has to be the person they meet in person. So maybe create a photo shoot that is more you. So if you'd like to have a photo shoot and you're just sipping coffee with a bunch of girlfriends, talking business, then do that. It doesn't have to be just you. If you do want it to come across as being really strong and powerful, just make sure that you're in the right environment to convey that message. You don't need to be standing in front of a brick wall on the street like fashion bloggers. Mm. You need to be in an environment that really supports your message. So just take a breath and just make sure the right people are around you that support your message. Mm. Oh, that's the perfect, perfect note to end on. And I know uh, if you're going out and getting a photo shoot at some time this year that go back and listen to this part of the episode, <laughs> listen to all of it, but that will really, really help. Uh, I totally, totally agree with you, Kate. That's that's so great. And I've absolutely loved this conversation. Um, we see us, we see each other professionally, but I think it's so nice to just, you know, take that to another level and, and a little bit more depth and understanding more about you and, and your journey. But also I, I really just love how passionate you are about your work. And I've, I got that from the, the day dot. So thank you for sharing that with the True to You audience. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I, yeah, I just, I can't, um, I can't stress enough how important it is to be authentic. That's the, that's the key message behind any successful person or brand. If you are staying true to yourself, you can't get it wrong. Just mm. have confidence to, um, to take the next step, but also learn when to, um, to step back when you need that little break as well. But thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. And if anybody wants to connect with you for a styling session, I know outside of any sort of restrictions, you can fly around Australia still, you, you know, obviously yeah. not right yeah. today, <laughs> but you do do yeah. that, right? Yes, we are. We're, uh, we're nationwide. So yes, as soon as those borders open, I'll actually be doing a little bit of a styling tour. So it means that we'll be going to uh, some of the major cities and taking taking bookings just one after the other for those that don't want to necessarily pay for a one-off um, yeah, styling session and you know pay for our flights and all the rest of it. So we will be offering that shortly, which is super exciting. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, check out the website, jump on Instagram, send me a DM. I'd love to start a conversation of, yeah, getting, you know, helping you find the best version of yourself. And if I can be a part of that, then I'd love to. Oh, that's, that's amazing, Kate. Yeah, I can, like I said, I, I, I've had a session with Kate and I didn't really know what to expect because I'd never had a styling session. And, you know, you kind of think, oh, I've got a good grasp of what I want, but yeah, it was, it was so pain-free. It was so much fun. She is an awesome down-to-earth person and really fun. So think of it just as a couple of hours hanging out with a girlfriend as well. I think that's like yeah. the coolest part. We don't give ourselves time that often to do things like that. So treat yourself <laughs> and connect with <laughs> yeah. Oh, Thank you so much, Kate. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.